Welcome to this week's episode of the North Bible Church Podcast. Now, let's join our pastor as we open God's Word together. Such a great story. My name is Wes, mission pastor here at North. I'm glad to be with you sharing this morning. Um, if I were to ask you to uh, l- make a list of the commands that God gives his people, um, you may think to yourself the Ten Commandments. You know, you got do not steal, do not murder, etc. cetera. Uh, you may say, you know, we're supposed to love God, we're supposed to love others. That's a command from God for his followers. Uh, you may say to yourself, we're supposed to take care of the, the needy or the widows or the poor. Um, and all those, you would be, you would be right. Um, but there's one that may never quite make your list, and it's because we don't generally, or at least I don't generally think of it as, as a command. And that is to rejoice. Uh, to rejoice and to, to be full of joy. Paul says in Philippians 4, 4, while he was in prison, mind you, rejoice, rejoice in the Lord always, and I will say it again, rejoice. Uh, I, just, I think of that song when I was a little kid, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Um, I don't really like singing in front of people. You're going to learn more about that later, but uh, you, that, was, that was a gift for you. Um, so God commands us to rejoice in the Lord. Because of who God is, we get to be full of joy. It's the only time that Paul talks like this that I've been able to find, and he talks a lot, a good portion of our New Testament is Paul's words. It's the only time he, he gives us one of God's commands and then emphasizes it by repeating it again. Nehemiah 8 says this, Um, about God's character. It says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Have you ever spent time with with someone who was on their deathbed? And for whatever reason, somehow, some way, because of their faith in Christ, they are able to exude ridiculous amounts of joy and peace and hope, even though they're on their deathbed. I was sitting with Michael Duarte a couple days before he passed, and he just, he just was so excited that he got to live, and he was so excited to soon be with Jesus um, in heaven. And so that joy comes from, from within. It's, it's a crazy experience that we get to uh, celebrate with other people and together. So part of our, our Advent series, we are remembering, like these things that are up here on the, the screen, like Jay just mentioned, that Larry just mentioned, we are remembering uh, the qualities of God that point us to Jesus' birth. Uh, we've been remembering peace, remembering hope, and today we're going to remember joy. Let me pray for us as we get going. Uh, God, I thank you that, that your command for us to rejoice comes out of the quality and characteristics of who you are. You, you are joy. You are worthy uh, to be praised, and we get to just participate in the things that you're doing around the world. Be with our uh, this message today, we've already been worshiping in prayer and conversation uh, through song, and we just continue as we open up God's, your word, that you would just impress upon our hearts what you would have for each of us. In your name, amen. So I did a Google uh, image search for the word joy, and um, I removed a few things. I, I put up the first few pictures, but I removed a few things. I removed movies that had characters named Joy and, and, um, and a, the name of a movie, I guess, is Joy. And then I also removed the word, J-O-Y. So these were the first four images that, that came up when I you know, searched images on Google for Joy. And these all kind of make sense to me if they feel 
Like, that, yeah, that makes, that's accurate as to what joy would kind of represent in a picture form. I then also Google image the word happiness. And these were the first four images that came up when it comes to happiness. And to me, those feel different. Uh, those, those feel um, like, like happiness is different than joy, and, and I believe happiness is different than joy. Joy seems to be portrayed as more of a peace or an internal experience, and, and happiness here is, is from the Lord. It's a feeling that we're designed to have, but it's more temporary. Uh, joy and happiness are distinctly different. Happiness uh, happiness is com- comes from an earthly perspective and is temporary. Joy uh, is this idea that we have a deep-rooted happiness or fulfillment or contentment within our soul that comes from an eternal perspective. Because of who God is, we can have that, that, in- that internal uh, joy and fulfillment and contentment. But that's what we're going to be talking about today is that kind of Joy. Now, I also did another a Google image search for, the, for Jay Djurjevic. And these are the first four pictures that came up. That last one there, he did his hair really different that day. <clears throat> but I digress. Uh, when I was asked to teach on joy and how I remember joy, a few things immediately came to mind. The peace and hope that I find in Jesus Christ and his life brings me to joy. The Holy Spirit uh, through his comfort that only the Holy Spirit can provide brings me joy. The fact that I have a Father in heaven who is looking out for me and looking out for other people and has a plan brings me joy. But then there were some other areas of my life where I, I was like, what, what kind of fills my cup? What, what gives me that deep sense of joy in my life? And I came up with kind of three aspects of my life. There, was, there are certainly a lot of others, but and you may be able to relate to a few of these. Um, and I've structured this message a little bit differently than a normal uh, passage just because I'm talking about joy and we're going to make it more fun today. So uh, get ready to live, right? Uh, as the first aspect of my life that points me to joy is laughter. I love a good joke. Uh, I like to try and be funny. Um, I love awkward scenarios with people. So if you find me trying to make you awkward, it's just because I like to laugh at you. Um, I like quick-witted people. Um, I don't consider myself a quick-witted person, but I certainly try. Uh, and I, I, just, I just feel like the, the quantity of my jokes will equal quality at some point if I just continue saying things uh, out loud. Um, so, uh, I, you know, I love to laugh. I think laughter brings me joy. It even says, Psalm 126.2 says, Then our mouth was filled with laughter and <laughs> our tongues with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. There is a connection between laughter and joy. And it's even, it even says it's contagious here because as they looked upon them, as they were laughing, as they had joy, they saw God in them and in that. Also, Luke 6, 21 says, Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. The other end of the spectrum from hunger is satisfaction. The other end of the spectrum from weeping is laughing that leads to joy. Ecclesiastes 3 says there's a time for everything. And in verse 4 says a, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. I believe we all need to laugh. And, and sometimes, I, you know, I've laughed until I've cried. I've laughed at times till my stomach hurt or my jaw 
was hurting. Um, and maybe you can remember those memories as well. Um, I have a lot of people in my life that, that, that make me laugh that I just really enjoy. Uh, but I'm going to tell you about one of them uh, today. His name is Hunter Rickert. And so this is some pictures of Hunter. You may know Hunter. You may enjoy Hunter. Hunter may have made you laugh at some point. It's usually with one of his cohorts, Austin Hallman, um, or Adam Harding, or maybe Charles Vanderwalt. Uh, but so Hunter and I have literally been all over the world together, whether it's a, been a vacation or a mission trip or a service project or a summer camp or some summer event. Um, and we have done a lot of hiking together. You need to enjoy someone when you're hiking 20 hours straight through the Grand Canyon. And Hunter is one of those people. Hunter's parents are in the room right now, and they know exactly what I'm talking about. <clears throat> but Hunter brings me joy, especially because of his sense of humor. So I want to tell you a story that when I remember it, when I think about it, uh, just brings a smile to my, fa my face, and it, it's, it's just hilarious. So my wife likes to make fun of me for a lot of different things, but one of the things she loves to bring up on a regular basis is when she came to watch me play a game of slow-pitch softball in college. And I was trying to impress her, and um, I struck out swinging. We completely whiffed the ball, didn't even hit the ball, struck out swinging in slow-pitch softball, and she likes to remind me of that on a regular basis. When I do something well and I get a little braggadocious, she says, remember when you struck out in college? Remember that? So I'm telling Hunter this story several months ago as we're driving to our first slow-pitch softball game for, for our North's team. And I'm telling him this, and he's like, oh, that's hilarious. You know, you're, you're, you're an idiot for doing that. That's so funny, laughing at me. He's athletic. He played baseball. Guess what happened the first time he was up to bat? <laughs> he struck out swinging in slow-pitch softball. And we laughed, and he handled it well, and people are trying to give him tips. And He gets up the second time. He struck out swinging in slow-pitch softball. He gets up the third time, the fourth time, and the fifth time, all five times he batted the first night, he swang and missed on the strike three. And we, it got more and more awkward. It got more and more hilarious. Like, do we say something? Do we joke about it? Do, how do we handle ourselves as he is striking out every single time he gets up? To bat? And we, we still laugh about it to this day. And I, we get to bring it up and, and remember. Uh, now, to his credit, the next week he became one of our best hitters and he figured it out and he's a lot better than I am right now. So that's, that's what ended up happening there. But Hunter makes me laugh. He, bring, he literally brings me joy when I get to think about those things. Laughter points me to joy and I find that in the Lord, God has asked me to enjoy this life. Jesus came to this earth for several reasons. And one of those reasons is salvation, but also one of those reasons is so we can enjoy life with him. And that's what we're focused on during this season. So laughter points me to joy. Another aspect of my life that I remember is answered prayers. Answered prayers, whether I see them in scripture or answered prayers in my own life or answered prayers in other people's lives, just hearing of answered prayers uh, just brings me great joy. <clears throat> There's a powerful story in uh, Daniel chapter 2 where King Nebuchadnezzar has this dream, and he really, really, really wants this dream to be interpreted. He thinks it's very important, so important that he's telling his advisors and astrologers and, 
and prophets and all these different people, hey, figure this out. This is super important to me. And they can't figure it out. And then he, he says, I'm going to kill you all. I'm going to wipe you all out if you don't interpret this dream. They still can't do it. And so we pick up here in Daniel 2, verse 13. It says, so the decree was issued to put the wise men to death. And men were sent to look for Daniel and his friends to put them to death. So the prophet Daniel hears of this news and goes to King Nebuchadnezzar. He's like, okay, just give me and my friends a little bit more time. Can, can you do that? And to his credit, he does. And then it says in verse 18 uh, that, that he urged them to plead for mercy from God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed for the rest of the, with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Daniel went to his friends after he spoke to Nebuchadnezzar, went to his friends and said, pray, plead to God for mercy. Allow us to live. And what happens in verse 19? During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven. Daniel takes that interpretation to Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar is so thrilled that he makes them like the highest people in, in all the land. He gives them power. He gives them influence. He gives them royalty. God answered his prayer. Can you imagine being Daniel and literally knowing that the King Nebuchadnezzar has a decree out on your head for you to die? And then you ask for God to save you, and he not only saves your life, not only saves your friend's lives, but then he brings you to power in the most powerful kingdom on the earth. The joy that he must have felt and the joy that we can feel when we have answered prayer in our life. So I have a story about answer prayer in our life with our dog, actually. But uh, you need to see a quick video of, of Tui. This is, this is our dog, Tui. He's not the smartest. He's not the smartest dog. Karis actually helped pick Tui out, didn't you, Karis? Thank you. So this was about 10 years ago, okay? This was, this was little Tui. And, uh, you know, brings a lot of joy to our life. But <clears throat> I'm dropping the kids off at school. And I have Tui and our other dog, Honey Bear, in the back seat. And the, the windows are halfway down. And we're driving down Frank Lloyd Wright near the Taliesin area down uh, Via Linda. Driving down Frank Lloyd Wright through the desert. And I hear, yeet. And I, I, kinda, I look back. And I see Honey Bear sitting there, but no Tui. Tui had jumped out of the car while we were driving down Frank Lloyd Wright. So I immediately pull over as fast as I can. And the cars are kind of stopped behind me, and the guy's like, I saw him bouncing over there. And so I run over, and I'm trying to figure out where he's at. And he's, I see him about 10 yards away, and he's disoriented, and he's got blood on his head, and, and he's trying to figure out what's going on. And I, I think I scared him more because the state that he was in, I run over to him, Dewey, Dewey, and he sees me, and then he just darts across all four lanes of Frank Lloyd Wright. So some of the cars were already slowed down on this side, but the other side, cars were kind of zooming by, and he kind of went right in between them, and I'm waiting for traffic to get through, and he just disappears into the desert. So I look for a few minutes, but I can't look for too long because I have the other dog in the car over, you know, parked on the side of Frank Lloyd Wright. So I look for a little bit, take Honey Bear, go home, and I, and I looked all day in the desert for Tui. And then the kids get out of school. My wife gets home from work. We're all looking till it's dark, and we're like, we, you know, can't, we're not going to find them tonight. Okay, so let me, let me tell you something ugly about myself. Up to that point, I had heard so many requests, prayer requests for their pets. 
Oh, my little cat has surgery. Pray for it. I thought that was so dumb. <laughs> Until we couldn't find Tui in the desert. Prayer became very serious for our dog. And I was asking other people to pray. You know, pray that we find this dog. Pray that he's, he's okay. So day two goes by. We look for several hours. Day three goes by. We look a little bit less. Day four goes by, and we're just assuming that it's not, we're not going to get him back. Kristen and I are sitting at Starbucks. I get a phone call from a number I don't recognize. Guy on the other end says, do you own a dog named Tui? It's laying in my front lawn, barely alive. So run over, longer story shorter, uh, Tui ends up making a full recovery. He's still not the smartest, but um, Tui is still with us to this day and brings us great joy. Now, answered prayer can be one of the biggest confidence boosters and things that, that bring us joy in our life, whether it's other people, people that we know, it's a health thing, it's a provision thing, and the last, you know, in the 11th hour something happens and it changes and it just has to be God. We can be so encouraged in our faith in Christ because of answered prayer. So remembering laughter points me to joy. Remembering answered prayers brings me to joy. To, um, to joy, and then also remembering sacrificial love. Um, I find so much joy when I see people around me, or I hear people around me, or I read the stories in Scripture, when they put their faith into action to love God and love others, and, it's, and it becomes a, a compelling thing that they end up having to give up something. They, they sacrifice for uh, their faith. There's a great story um, about the Good Samaritan. Jesus is with his disciples, and someone asked Jesus a question. He said, what do I do, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And he says, you know, love God and love your neighbor. And the follow-up question is, well, who is my neighbor? And Jesus tells us this story. He tells us the story of the Good Samaritan. And as the story goes, there was a, um, most likely a Jewish man who's walking to Jerusalem, kind of on the outskirts of town, and some robbers attack him, they beat him, they take his clothes, they take all of his possessions, and they leave him pretty much naked to die. And the people who are hearing this story that Jesus is, is giving this uh, story to would have been saddened by that. You know, this is my fellow Jew, you know, that, that this happened to, that's, that's really terrible. And then in comes a priest, a Jewish priest. Okay, he's going to be the hero. He's going to find the man and take care of him. That's not what happens. He walks on the other side and passes the person lying, lying there almost dead. And then you have a Levite who, the people who were hearing this story would have said, oh, the Levite's going to help because he, he worked in the temple, part of the Jewish community. Nope. Then you had the Samaritan. Walks along, sees this man, has compassion on him, has pity on him. And, and Samaritans and Jews were in huge conflict to the point of death. They hated each other. And we pick up here in Luke 10, through 35. It says, but a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. The Samaritan showed ridiculously sacrificial love. And when I, when I hear of those stories, I see them in Scripture, or I see, I see you guys, or I see other people, I see my family members living sacrificially, it just does something 
in my soul. It encouraged me. I, I see God on the move, making impacts, real life impacts on other people. The Samaritans sacrificed his time, his energy, his reputation, his money, and he had compassion on him. So one of the ways that I see in my, my own life, as I remember sacrificial love and how it points me to joy, I'm going to brag a little bit on my, the people in my community group all right here at North. Uh, this is the Welch family, uh, and they have uh, little Zariah there. Her face is covered because she was in the foster care system. But they took in, one of the amazing things they did is they took in Zariah as a foster daughter several months ago. During all this confusion that's going on around our world, they couldn't go anywhere with her. Their kids are at home, you know, online, trying to do school, and loving Z, little Z, well. All five of the Welches loved her ridiculously well, and it was such an encouragement for me to see. It just, it was good for my soul. It brought me joy to watch that whole process. It was painful. Uh, <clears throat> Zariah went back to her uh, biological father through the unification process recently, and so they celebrated that, but that was also really tough. It was painful. Now, this is the Anderson family. Uh, they were pregnant during a pandemic, which is always fun, right? They had to make a lot of courageous and hard decisions to stay as healthy as possible for the sake of the pregnancy, the birth, and their new little one, uh, Hazel, who came into their life. And I just saw sacrificial love in how they took care of their family. This is the Pruitt family. Uh, they've had three foster kids in their home over the last several years. And uh, the one that is with them now, little Leo, or like we like to call him Weo, is they will most likely adopt pretty soon. And they are excited to do so. All four of the Pruitts have loved all these kids really well, and as painful as it is for them to come into the home and then to leave with all the uncertainty, uh, it's just amazing to see them press in to help the most vulnerable in our state. Uh, and I couldn't talk about our community group without talking about my wife. I'd probably get in trouble. So it's worth mentioning that she has a crazy amount of compassion for uh, the least of these, uh, the vulnerable she, she shapes her entire life around it. She works in a dangerous part of town just so she can provide medical care for the more vulnerable in the Phoenix area. Uh, we have kids in our house through the foster care system. Uh, she's always wanting more. I drive a minivan currently because of that calling on her life and, and my life. And if I end up driving a bus at some point, you'll know why. <laughs> um, but when I, you know, when I think about the... You know, the sacrificial love that, that, she, that she has, I, I always go back. I like to remember um, our wedding day. Our wedding day was, was a great day. There was one aspect of our wedding that I did not love, and I'm going to share that a little bit with you today. But this is a picture of Kristen and I on our wedding day. <laughs> Take it all in. I mean, I got the comb forward going on. I got bleach blonde hair, trying to be Justin Timberlake. I don't know what I was doing, but uh, so on our wedding day, Kristen had asked me previously to sing to her on our wedding day. Um, I don't get embarrassed by much, but singing, like seriously singing, I can goofy sing as, as much as I want, but seriously singing in front of people is the last thing that I want to do. But I said yes. I was trying to impress her, whatever. Trying not to do that anymore. Um, and so she's like, can you, will you sing? And that's just the song I want you to sing. It didn't go well. I ended up singing the same line twice in a row, 
And as I'm realizing it, I've been in tune with the song, said, I just sang that twice in a row. And then everything just stopped and people, it was, it was a terrible scene. But I'm going to share with you that video, a short portion of that song. Here you go. That was terrible. <laughs> terrible. So many things that are wrong with that. I, I laughed and could not compose myself for another three or four minutes. My brother just kept playing the piano, waiting for me to, to jump back in. And then once I gathered myself from laughing, I then started crying because of all the feels of the entire day. And it, it was literally like eight minutes of like terribleness. So yeah, that was sacrificial love right there. Actually, my wife being with me with the hair that I had was also sacrificial love. Uh, so we've covered a lot uh, this morning. Uh, laughter brings me joy. Answered prayer brings me joy. And sacrificial love uh, brings me joy. And you may have some different things that would, would, uh, would you fall into this category that bring you joy, that point you to the birth of Jesus. But that, that's our focus right now is, is on the peace that we, can, we have through Christ, the hope that we have through Christ, and then the joy that we find in him. So we're going to close in worship with one more song, and then I have a personal challenge for us uh, after that. Let me pray. Uh, God, we thank you again uh, that we get to uh, enjoy you, that we, uh, the part of your character is, is joy, and that we get to experience that on a regular basis, especially by remembering what you've done for us in the past, what you're doing now, and what we know you're going to continue to do in the future. So as we uh, conclude our, our uh, message here and, and our worship, uh, we pray that even during this last song as we sing and we focus on you, that you just impress upon our hearts um, exactly the word that you have for us. In your name, amen. In just a moment, we'll rejoin our pastor for today's closing thoughts. But first, we wanted to thank you for tuning in. North Bible Church is located in Scottsdale, Arizona, and exists to equip all generations to love God, love one another, and love the world. For more information about North, please visit our website at northbiblechurch.com. Now, some closing thoughts from our pastor. If you have prayer requests, praises, we'd love to pray with you and for you. You can record those in the back, and we'll start praying for you this week. Uh, so my, my encouragement for you uh, is to, to take a little inventory. I take a little inventory of the laughter that you have in your life. Is it, is it a lot? Is it a little? Is there any, is there any at all? What about answered prayer? Are, you, are there prayers that are not being answered? Are there prayers that you're waiting on? What about prayers that have been, been answered? And then what about sacrificial love? Are you seeing it? Are you experiencing it? Are you participating in sacrificial love? My encouragement for you to do is Take that inventory and find someone else, family member, friend, and share it with them. Where's, where's the, the joy coming from in your life right now? Where, where are you ex experiencing that fulfillment, that contentment, those things that point you to Christ? And then also maybe share about where that's, that's not happening. Where are some areas in your life where you're, you're not able to find that fulfillment, that joy, that contentment, and share that with them. I think that will be encouragement to you as well as the person that you share it with. Love you. Merry Christmas. We'll see you on Thursday. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. 
North Bible Church is located in Scottsdale, Arizona, and exists to equip all generations to love God, love one another, and love the world. For more information about North, please visit our website at northbiblechurch.com.